Good evening! Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Wednesday afternoon, evening. Because it's considered evening now that it is after 6 o'clock. So, but I uh, hope everybody's enjoyed this beautiful day today. I got out and did a little uh, walking, half jog. I don't know really what you call it. A trot maybe? I don't know. But uh, I uh, got out and tried to get, get a little bit of exercise, enjoy the sunshine just a hair, nothing major, but uh, just felt good to be outside. I feel like I've been trapped inside for so long, and these beautiful days are few and far between where I can actually get out and not have to worry too much about the, uh, my asthma bothering me and stuff like that, but it was, oh, I don't know what that was for a second, it's a car going by. Uh, good evening there, Mr. Robert Hale. He said uh, he loves his church. Well, we love you, sir. But, uh, but anyway, I hope everybody's able to get out and enjoy this, uh, this day that the Lord has made. And I uh, hope everybody was able to rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, I'm sorry that uh, we've had to revert back to uh, online service on, on Wednesdays. And, uh, uh, but it just... Uh, uh, Due to the lack of interest, you know, last Wednesday, I appreciate those who made the effort, but uh, it just, uh, there's just so few and far between. Uh, good good evening, my mother-in-law, Sharon Boyd. But, uh, uh, so, I think for a while we'll continue to do this online on Wednesdays, and uh, but Sundays, though, well, Sunday evening, we'll continue to meet uh, in person uh, at 6 o'clock on Sunday evening. So, Wednesdays, let's just stick with this for the time being, and uh, we'll just see how it goes for a while. But uh, but anyway, if you have your uh, your Bibles handy, and uh, you want to look at James one twenty two, James one twenty two, and if you don't have your Bibles available, I will uh, bring this uh, verse up so you can read along. Uh, hold on one second here. I forgot to actually bring it up for social media, but here we go. It says in James 1, 22, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And as me dear old Peppy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. Now, uh, if you uh, have any prayer requests or concerns, please put those in the comments down below. It would be greatly appreciated. And, uh, you know, now, the, like I've told you before, uh, how I access um, social media when I do, whether it's in the morning live devotions or the sermons on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, I use a program to get to Facebook. So there's a lot of times uh, that people have commented I have didn't even see them until after uh, the service was done and uh, I, I saw it on Facebook. So please don't get upset if I don't, you know, if you type something and I didn't respond, it wasn't, uh, uh, to, you know, I wasn't trying to be mean or, or to neglect uh, what you were putting there. But uh, good, morning, good evening there, Mr. Trailer. And uh, uh, and Sharon says that uh, uh, many unspoken prayer requests. And Miss Juanita Wise said prayers for my friend's son tried to commit suicide. I'm sorry to hear that, uh, Mrs. Wise. That's a terrible situation. That really is. I hate to hear that. I really do. Um, Let's grab the prayer request list. Uh, this is from uh, Sunday. Uh, these are some of the names that Mom had written down. Uh, Thelma and Ron Thompson, uh, continue to pray with uh, for them. Uh, Kim Penix and Kim's sister. Jane Kitching, Sarah Slagle, Murph. Uh, they'll be praying for Murph. Uh, Joe Franklin, Morris and Carolyn, Johnny and Nora, Chuck and PK, Larky and Nancy, Troy and Ginger, 
Jackie and Rhonda Tymon, who that is trying to call, <laughs> but uh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, let's see here, uh, where was that? Uh, Jackie and Rhonda Tymon, uh, Larry Donna, Wendy Lee. Uh, definitely praying for Wendy. Uh, she got a pretty grim diagnosis, and so definitely praying for her. Uh, Fran and sisters, uh, Ralph and Linda, Angie Grizzle's mom, Glenn, jo Glenn Johnson, Becky Hooks, uh, pastors, teachers, students, nurses, doctors, police, EMS, and firefighters. So, so be definitely uh, be praying uh, for that, and it'd be much appreciated. And uh, again, if you have any other prayer requests or prayer concerns, uh, be sure and uh, uh, put those uh, on the comments. Uh, even though we may have already uh, opened in prayer, uh, at least uh, people can go back and see those prayer concerns and uh, still pray over those uh, uh, requests uh, if they see them at a later time. So let's go ahead and pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you for your love, your joy, your peace overflowing. And Lord, I just pray that you will be uh, with each and every one of these prayer requests and concerns. Lord, be with this family uh, that Mrs. White was uh, telling us about and uh, uh, whatever pain, whatever the depression, whatever it is that this individual is going through that attempted suicide. Lord, let your presence be known and felt. Uh, Lord, let them give their lives to you and let them be renewed. And Lord, I pray that you be with Sharon's unspoken concern. And Lord, you know the heart and mind there. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you be with Ron and Thelma Thompson. I pray that you be with Kim Penix and her sister and Jane Kitchings. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with Mr. Murph or Roger Winters. And uh, Lord, just bring healing upon him. Be with Wendy Lee. She'll guide the doctors and bring her to full and complete health. Bring peace and comfort to her and her family. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you be with Fran and her sisters. I pray that uh, uh, you'll be with uh, all the requests and concerns uh, that were listed there. And, uh, Lord, that your will be done in each and every situation. Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, uh, I was trying to think if there's any announcements that I have. Uh, here comes my little dog running in here. And uh, do you have any, prayer, any uh, announcements, Cinnamon? Uh, <laughs> Uh, he said no so but uh, anyway um, as far as I know there's nothing really um, uh, pressing that I need to, to, to announce other than of course I do my live devotions every morning for those on social media you're aware of that but those watching online may not be and that's at uh, uh, 615 every morning and then um, um, trying to think here um, and then Sunday, of course, Sunday morning service from 10 to 11, and uh, Sunday evening service at 6. I just feel like I'm forgetting something, but I don't guess I am. But uh, that's uh, pretty much all the announcements uh, uh, that I know of. Uh, Mr. Trailer says, prayers for our president already getting badly bashed on social media after last night's debate. Yeah, we definitely be praying for our president, that's for sure. i tell you what, it was... Uh, I don't know how many of y'all watched the debate last night, but I tell you what, that was a, uh, uh, he wasn't debating one person, he was debating two people, still came out on top, so that, that shows you how smart he was, and uh, all these people on there uh, uh, talking about his temperament and, and how mean and how rough he was, that he shouldn't have been so rough, uh, you know, come on, you know, the guy's trying to uh, defend his name, defend the country, def you know, trying to, to fight for what's right. My gosh, he, he works for free, donates his paycheck, uh, you know, uh, he's fulfilled every campaign promise. Uh, you know, uh, somebody, I was telling Dad, uh, somebody put on there, 
uh, last night. I was reading on some of the comments on somebody else's post and said uh, something to the effect that, uh, well, he never said what he's wanted to do. He hasn't done a thing. And, all, you know, just, and so he, before I could write anything, somebody else put there, so where have you been the last three years? You know, I just, uh, it just blows my mind. Uh, people said, I ain't neither one of them worth anything. And I'm thinking, what? I don't get that. I mean, I honestly don't get that. I, I mean, I, apparently uh, some of us are seeing what the president is actually accomplishing and what he's doing. And other people, you know, I think what it is, a lot of people, just like I saw, man, I'm not trying to, for those who are watching on, maybe watching on social media right now, I'm not uh, targeting any certain person. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. But I've seen a lot of people say, well, I'm just only going to watch it, just, and I'm just going to watch something else. Well, I think that's, that's the problem with a lot of people. They're not aware of what's going on because they'd rather watch Dancing with the Stars than to... Uh, uh, Oh, well, thank you, Darlene. Darlene said that I said Sunday mornings from 10 to 11. I thought I said 11 to 12, but uh, uh, it's uh, it's 11 to 12 is so our Sunday morning service. So if I said 10 to 11, I apologize. But, uh, you know, uh, that's a problem. A lot of people, they are blissfully ignorant. They rather watch Dancing with the Stars than to uh, be aware of current events and to see what's going on. And so then they the only, their only source of of uh, uh, of news is what they read on social media and we all know everything that is on uh, the internet is true I, I saw a guy riding a shark shooting a machine gun jumping over uh, 10 boats at the same time so as a pterodactyl flew by uh, you know with grenades so we we know you know we see things like that that is definitely true <laughs> so but uh, yeah we need to really be praying for this election in a major way guys and gals I'm telling you, this is not uh, a, a typical presidential election. I mean, you realize that this is an election between good and evil. I mean, I mean, there, there's no other way uh, to put it. It is, it is between good and evil. So you can vote for somebody who's for killing of babies, uh, the destroying of our liberties, uh, the family unit. Uh, I mean, as for socialism, communism, or you vote for somebody who actually loves this country, fighting for this country, giving to this country, uh, you know, I, I, to me, the, the choice cannot be clear. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for, but I think common sense ought to tell you who to vote for. So, anyway, you take that with what you will, and uh, if you don't like it, then uh, forward all emails to my father, Dr. Vic Young, and he'll address all those personally. You'll <laughs> uh, kill me for that one. But hey, if I can't torment him, who can? So, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, let's look at our, our passage this evening. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to start out looking at uh, verses 17 through 18. Now, uh, before we get into this, uh, we're going to, um, uh, Lord willing, my goal is to finish up uh, with Hebrews tonight, uh, is the plan. Uh, with that said, uh, Lord willing, Sunday evening, we're going to go ahead and start in a new book uh, of the Bible, obviously, and um, and I appreciate all the suggestions uh, that uh, people have offered, everything from Revelation to Ecclesiastes to maybe certain studying certain areas in Revelation, and, uh, and I appreciate that, I truly do, but uh, as 
but I feel led as of right now, uh, unless the Lord just changes that, uh, I feel led to uh, to focus on Titus, uh, the book of Titus, uh, starting this Sunday. So, uh, Lord willing, uh, we'll be uh, hitting that uh, uh, Sunday at 6 p.m. So, uh, be sure and uh, tune in, or uh, even better, come on out Sunday evening as we, uh, we get into that study. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, let's read Hebrews 13. 17 through 19. Hold on here. I think I said 18 a minute ago, but 19. We'll get this up here on social media so they can read along as well. All right, Hebrews 13, starting in verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I might be restored to you the sooner. All righty. Well, let's go ahead and let's have another word of prayer, and then let's dive into God's word here and see where it may lead us. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, again, we just come before you. And Lord, uh, thank you uh, for allowing us to come together and worship, uh, even though it's uh, via internet. Uh, Lord, just praise God that we, you are, have enabled us to have this technology to still meet uh, and uh, to worship uh, even in our homes. And Lord, I just pray that you'll guide us and you'll lead us and uh, direct us in your word this evening. Uh, help us to glean from it. Uh, help us to learn. Uh, Lord, let us uh, use it and apply it uh, for your glory. Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so, you know, we look here at the very first part um, of this passage, and it says, obey your leaders and submit to them. Now, uh, when you hear the word obedience and to submit, uh, you know, in this part of the country in particular, uh, us Southerners, all right, uh, you know, our country itself uh, was, uh, was birthed out of rebellion uh, against those who wished to have authority over us. And uh, for us Southern people, uh, you've, I, I'm sure that uh, uh, you've seen a million don't tread on me signs, you know. Uh, we don't like to be told what to do. And uh, we will, uh, uh, I think because of our a lot of us are from our Scotch-Irish heritage, and uh, we just uh, we're just kind of got a re rebellious nature, you know. Uh, my old dad had said that uh, the Youngs, in particular, uh, were very antagonistic and didn't like what England was telling them to do. So, not only would we fight and war against them, but we would steal their cattle and their women. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where got, England got so fed up, uh, they said if they find another young, they're going to kill them. So a lot of them had moved to come over here. <laughs> and uh, I know it's hard to believe. Could you imagine uh, a bunch of, uh, of, of Scotchmen uh, like my dad? That would be um, uh, a terror that... Uh, <laughs> No wonder they, they said, get out of here, leave us alone. But, uh, uh, you know, so when you hear that, uh, about obedience and submission, uh, it's not something that comes easily for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, we can be obedient. You know, we can, if somebody, we have a job, somebody can tell us to do something, we can be obedient. But to, to submit is, is, is truly um, a, a spiritual act or an act of the will, uh, something that you have to uh, be willing to do. Because, you know, uh, what makes me think of that when I say that, 
uh, you know, many of you know I've worked a lot of jobs, and uh, I'm, I'm not proud of that. Uh, uh, I'm not proud of it in the sense that I, I feel bad that I did not show the integrity uh, to stick with something. Uh, I'm not as upset about it because as a result I, I got to meet a lot of different people, learn a lot of different things and got to talk to a lot of people about the Lord so it's kind of a double-edged sword I guess. But there's a lot of jobs, okay, like I said this is back when I was uh, younger and didn't care at all uh, about anything and uh, somebody would tell me to do something. Oh, I'd be obedient. I would do what they told me to do. Inside, I was seething, mad, angry. Uh, I would, uh, if you could see through my shoes, you'd see my toes just curling up, the, you know, like a fist, because uh, you know, because I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to submit to that authority. And, uh, and I think that's a lot of people. There's a difference between obedience and submission, and we have to be uh, aware of that. Uh, and that we can uh, do it the right way. You know, we have to be, you know, God has appointed uh, my dad, uh, myself, uh, as leaders of the church. And, uh, you know, for me in particular, uh, it, it was, um, it's still a growing process uh, to be a leader. I uh, uh, made a lot of mistakes. I've tried hard to, uh, to try to handle things the right way. Sometimes I showed anger when I should have showed grace, and sometimes I was too lenient when I should have showed a little more authority. You know, it's, it can be very confusing sometimes, particularly as a pastor, and, uh, and, and, and it's, it's not easy, you know. And um, uh, I made a lot of mistakes, particularly in the ministry, uh, not uh, demonstrating a uh, pastoral attitude, you know, particularly on Facebook and such, and, and, I, and I really hate that. I, you know, I, I, it just... Uh, I think I was just having a hard time uh, sinking in uh, what, you know, I understood my calling and, and I went to school to, to, to hone uh, that craft, if you will, uh, but to it still just, you know, I don't know, just had a hard time really sinking in to, to what I was, my exact position. And because uh, when I come to the church and stuff, come to work, you know, I still had a lot of rough edges. And even the Lord called me. Uh, to uh, uh, to be in the ministry, I still had a lot of rough edges, you know. I still had a lot of things that uh, the way I thought and, and, and looked and perceived things uh, was still kind of a, a worldly, selfish, uh, prideful uh, outlook. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's been a real, real learning curve. I praise God I had a dad that uh, uh, showed me the, uh, the grace and to, to guide me. And I know there's a lot of times he'd like to pinch my head off, and there's probably not many days he still don't, but uh, more so then in the beginning uh, than now, at least I hope anyway. But, uh, but one thing's for sure, you know, uh, our, our, we look at this, obey your leaders, submit to them. To them. Uh, you know, uh, God has called them into a position. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we look at leaders, plural, uh, because, first of all, uh, God is the head of the church. You know, we, we submit that uh, ourselves to God in obedience to Him. But uh, in leadership, you know, that's why we have uh, a type of uh, democracy, uh, if you will. And, uh, but, you know, and, and, and when you're submitting to a church leader, uh, it's not to, to uh, build them up 
personally. It's not to have a uh, kind of a totalitarian uh, view. It's nothing like that. Uh, it's just in submission to them and submission to God. Not, not that we're you know, showing equality of ourselves to God, but no stretch, but it's just that uh, we're the under-shepherds, uh, if you will. And you know, so we, when we see leaders, you know, that's why we have elders. That's why we have deacons. And when there's um, uh, a decision to be made, uh, that's why, you know, we call the elders together. We call the deacons together. We pray about it and, uh, and make those decisions uh, in regards to the church. It's not to say that, uh, we're, that we're always right. Uh, you know, we, we are fallible. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, if... Those elders, those deeds have prayed about it. And they feel like that's where the Lord is leading. Well, then, you know, generally speaking, uh, they're usually in the right direction. Uh, again, you know, you know, sometimes that's not always the case, but 99.9% .9 of the time, I feel like it is. If, he, if, if their hearts are in the right place, they're generally praying. You know, but then again, you look at the Baptist, and, and everybody has an equal vote, and uh, they cause some, some great chaos. Uh, there was a little joke I had read uh, said that. Uh, uh, there was a Baptist who was on an island and uh, said that when they come, there was three buildings. The rescuers had come, said there was three buildings. And they said, uh, what's with the three buildings? He said, she said, well, that one over there is my house. They said, well, what's that one over there? He said, oh, I built me a church. He said, what's the third building? He goes, he goes well, that's where I used to go to church. <laughs> Because Baptists are known to, uh, to, to split up uh, very easily, get upset over minor details and split and start their own church. And case in point, you know, I say that kiddingly, uh, jokingly, but we used to live over in Bowmantown, Brandy and I did. And uh, there was two churches with the same exact name, literally within, I mean, across the street from each other. One was like a newer brick church, and the other was an older, uh, older style, uh, like wooden, like white church. And uh, that drove me crazy. Finally, uh, you know, there was this uh, neighbor. He kind of lived a little down from us a little bit and asked if he'd come bush hog at our house. And I went up there and asked him. I said, man, I got to ask you, what's the story in these churches over there? He goes, oh, yeah, man. He said, my family took over at one, so they split started another church. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's, you know, that kind of thing happens a lot of times when they're not submitting to, uh, church leadership and everybody's got a vote and uh, you, that kind of thing uh, uh, happens a lot. It really does. And, uh, you know, so uh, I, I like the um, uh, Presbyterian uh, uh, leadership, if you will, view, if you will, uh, and how to handle things uh, where, you know, you know uh, you've heard dad say, uh, you know, thank goodness that God's not sent a committee or nothing would ever get done. But, uh, you know, so we need to make sure that we are, um, uh, submitting to uh, our church leaders. Uh, you know, being in that role as leader is not always easy. Uh, not everybody's going to always like what you have to say. Uh, you know, that's one thing. Uh, uh, it's difficult uh, when you see someone strain and they no longer have interest in church and, and you know, you're trying hard to, to reach out to them. Uh, you know, it, it uh, for me in particular, it really it, it kills me. And I know it kills Dad, too. I mean, I'm not trying to minimize his his feelings or how he he thinks about it but uh uh you know it's tough when you've uh, invested time into somebody and and uh, they just uh have wandered out i can think of uh, several people off the top of my head right now that i see on facebook and, and they used to attend church real regular and uh now you never see them and 
they are uh, out in the world, and uh, it kills me. Uh, I hate it. I really do that you don't get to see them in church anymore like you used to. And uh, so we need to be um, in prayer for these individuals and pray for our church leadership. You know, it is, um, uh, particularly when it comes to um, uh, leadership in the church, uh, well, I don't, know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I was going to talk about church discipline a little bit, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Um, let's see here. I want to make sure. Uh, yeah, you know, we want to make sure that uh, you know those who are in leadership. You know, that's one reason why we have like uh, deacons and elders, things like that. Uh, so, so that we can have that accountability. Uh, you know, so that you know, we just don't go rogue and do whatever you want to. You know, and not every uh, church leader is uh, a good person. You know, there's some really evil, bad people out there. I mean, I, I think at uh, uh, case in point, it would be, um, uh, of course, they was far from Christian. It was a cult. Uh, was um, Oh, what's on Miles? What blank was it? Uh, we drank the Kool Aid. Is it Jamestown? Um, anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, you know, and those people. You know, you know, it amazes me, particularly with people like that, how they would gain uh, such followers and will blindly do whatever the, these these cult leaders will ask them to do, and yet something as simple as understanding salvation. And, and what God has done to send his only son to save us is Jim Jones. Thank you, Juanita. That's exactly what I was trying to think of. Uh, was, um, uh, you know, that seems like so foreign to them and, and, and undoable, uh, if you will. But yet some lunatic like Jim Jones, they'll just blindly do whatever he says. That, that has blown my mind. Uh, like I said, Brandy likes to watch at... Uh, uh, that uh, demonic heathen, uh, Dr. Phil, <laughs> and uh, I say that tongue-in-cheek because Brandy gets uh, tore up uh, when I tease her about Dr. Phil, but uh, uh, he had some woman on the other day who said, that, I mean, she literally said that uh, she was Jesus Christ reincarnated. This woman was nuts. I mean, crazy, and she wouldn't believe the people who were following this lunatic and she was doing all these brainwashing techniques and all these crazy things. And they were just following her around like lemmings. And I'm just like, what in? I, even, I told Brandy, as far as I even though I was going to be talking to this tonight, uh, this, of course, has been several weeks ago. I said, uh, I, that blows my mind. I was like, how? And I said, how is it that to follow uh, uh, the Word of God, to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, to, to understand the things of the Bible. Why is that so hard uh, to grasp and to understand? But to these, these crazy people like Jim Jones and, and this lunatic here or, or Charles Manson, or, you know, I, I, it boggles the mind. I, I honestly don't get it. You know, we have different levels of leadership, you know, in our own, even our own country, you have a leadership within our government. If we didn't have governing laws and things, it would be chaos. I think good case in point, you can look at Portland and, and uh, different areas in the country uh, where you can see how chaotic it would be if we didn't have laws in, in place. Uh, to, so, you know, there, we have to uh, have a certain amount of obedience uh, to uh, to the leadership, not within our governing uh, country, uh, within our church. And, uh, you know, a lot of pastors out there are unafraid, uh, or are afraid, rather, uh, to stand on the whole Word of God, or afraid to, to demonstrate proper leadership uh, within the church. You know, see, they want everybody to like them. They want everybody to 
kiss up to them and uh, and and build them up. You know, that's one thing. You know, you don't always say about my dad in particular. He don't uh, he don't put up no bull. You know, he just he is who he is, and you like it, love it, or lump it. That's just the way it is. And I've always had a lot of respect for my dad in regards to that because, uh, you know, he's never been no different at home than he is at the pulpit. There's been a lot of pastors' kids I've met throughout the years, and their daddy's put on a big front at the pulpit, and at home they're drinking, cussing, and kicking, and beating uh, them and their mothers. And so no wonder they, when they got of age, they went ballistic, and, and it wasn't nothing to do with the gospel uh, because of the example they saw at home. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, as, as church leaders, uh, you know, as pastors, we have to teach the whole Word of God. And as you, as uh, those within the church, need to submit uh, to that governing authority, if you will, uh, to what the Lord has laid on that pastor's heart uh, to, to teach on. But, you know, again, there's a lot of pastors out there who are afraid uh, to speak on topics like election. You know, that, that is not a, a popular topic that some pastors want to hit on uh, because that, that is a, uh, uh, you know, that's going to offend somebody to, to, to sit there and talk about how certain people uh, are going to gain entrance into heaven. They don't want to hear that. You know, Dad kind of hit on that uh, Sunday morning and, and uh, a great book at, uh, uh, he, he, uh, that I've read and he's read several times is uh, Calvinism in Las Vegas Airport. It really, uh, if you have a problem with the understanding of election, a uh, great book to read. In fact, I uh, recommended that to a lady the other day. She'd heard me speaking about election uh, to a certain extent, and uh, she was uh, questioning me about it, and it was, it was having a hard time understanding that. And, and I understand. And there, it is um, a difficult topic to kind of grasp sometimes. Uh, and, in fact, um, uh, Dad, again, he really helped uh, uh, direct me uh, in the right direction on that. And that book, uh, he, when he gave that to me, made a, a real impact uh, and a difference in the understanding uh, of that um, uh, of that topic. And because uh, people don't want to hear that. They don't like it. Uh, they don't want to hear that only certain people are going to make it to heaven. But remember, uh, just as Dad was saying Sunday, and, and you've heard me say too, uh, that God did not have to save anybody. He, he was under no obligation to save anybody. All right? You know, he, he you know, at least he decided to, to choose to save some. All right? He didn't have to do that, but he decided out of his grace that he would save some. Again, we don't know who the elect are. That's why we minister. That's why we plant a seed. That's why we tell others about Jesus Christ, because we don't know who the elect are. And so, and, and people say, well, what if I want to come to know God and I wasn't the elect? Trust me, if, if, if God's not going to turn anybody away, but yeah, you know, you, you're going to be the elect if you come to know God as your personal Lord and Savior. So don't, don't worry about that, okay? Or, or some people freak out and they say, well, how do I know I'm the elect? I've said the sinner's prayer. If you said the sinner's prayer and you're trying to live for the Lord, you're the elect. It's good, all right? We're not, I'm not, we're, uh, we're not saying that only 144,000 will make it into heaven, all right? That's not what we're saying, all right? <laughs> but uh, how many of the elect are, we don't know. But God did choose, and that's what makes that salvation that much more important and special because we understand that God specifically chose you. He chose me. That's what makes that salvation that much more special. So, you know, again, pastors won't hit on that a lot of times because it offends people. People, a lot of pastors in their leadership role uh, don't want to, to discuss how men are to be the head of their home spiritually, and, uh, and, and just as Christ is head of the church, man is to be the head of the household. And uh, because that is an affront 
too feminist. They don't want to hear that. How dare you say a, a man is to be the head of my home? Ain't no man going to tell me what to do. Well, you know what? Uh, that's probably why you're single. I've got 50 cats. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you get any cat ladies are watching, don't hurt me. I'm just joking. But, you know, it is. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but that's how way the, the way God has ordained it. And again, that is not to. Uh, the man is not to be a dictator, say, woman, you. Bring me my food and my slippers and my pipe. Go ahead, because you're going to probably have to see a proctologist to remove that pipe, those slippers, and that food. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You know, we are uh, to love our wives as ourselves. You know, God's Word tells whoever hated his own body, you know, uh, we are to work together. But spiritually speaking, the man is to be the head of the household. He should be seen reading the, the Bible. He should have his family actively involved in church. He is to be in that leadership role himself. But again, you see, you know, what they do is they, they tear the Bible down uh, to the point where it's just nothing but a nice bunch of little platitudes. And it's just topical preaching, and everybody's just all nice and happy, and that nobody uh, is uh, offended. But see, that's not what we're here. That's not what we're about. You know, just like uh, I said um, Sunday four last, Dad said, tell everybody I will be back, uh, he's talking about this past Sunday, uh, to make the uh, comfortable uncomfortable and the uncomfortable comfortable. See, that that's exactly, uh, as pastors uh, in that leadership role, is what we're supposed to do. We should make the comfortable uncomfortable, all right, and the uncomfortable comfortable. That is what our job is to do. Not to make everybody justify their sins. Not to make everybody happy. Not to, you know, to, to please everybody with a bunch of little platitudes and pat everybody on the little head and say, Oh, brother, sister, thank you for coming. You know, and just, and never, you know, look at Joel Osteen. You know, I don't know if the man ever cracks open a Bible. Um, and if he has, I ain't never, I've seen him in interviews. I've never seen him quote scripture, do nothing. You know, so they smile like a goofball. Uh, but, you know, we had to preach. Uh, with authority. We have to preach with conviction. We have to preach uh, to uh, to make you understand uh, that uh, you need Jesus. And make, you know, there's a lot of times people get this attitude, particularly when it comes to uh, submission and obedience of, uh, well, I don't agree with that, so I'm not going to do it, kind of attitude. And and I've literally have counseled people who have done that, who've literally said, well, I'm not going to do that. And I said, well, man, I, you know, I'm not your daddy. You do whatever you want. I'm telling you what God's Word says. You do it or you don't, man. That's between you and God. Uh, but And that's what it is. See, if, if you've got a problem with something and you're saying, well, I'm not going to do it. You know, I don't, I don't like that. I'm not going to do it. Well, then, you know, maybe you need to go back, read God's Word, and say, you know, uh, well, you know, why do I have a problem with this? Is it something that needs changing? Is it something that needs to be addressed? You don't always take my word for it. You don't take dad's word for it. You know, you need to get in there and you need to study and you need to look at these things and, and address it and be like, well, you know what? I didn't like what he had to say, but, uh, you know, uh, looking at God's word, uh, I realize that's an area in my life I need to, to work on. And, uh, you know, uh, coming up here in a... Um, um, few weeks uh, is going to be Halloween. And that's one message the other day. I want to know if Dad or I are going to do our uh, yearly message on Halloween. I don't think we've done it in a year or two or a couple of years. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't speak for Dad. I don't know if he's, he's planning on it this year or not. I usually try to, if I don't do it at church, I usually do it on like an online devotion or something like that. And you talk about ticking people off. You start monkeying around with Halloween. I tell you, I've received more hate 
I have received more uh, anger, uh, nasty emails. Uh, I remember uh, when I first started uh, you know, talking about Halloween, particularly online, I remember I had like, oh my gosh, like 150 comments or something. And of course, this is back when Facebook is in its, uh, in its beginning. And people going berserk, man. They went nuts because I was to dare speak against the sanctity of Halloween. In fact, I, I started to tie something the other day, but I, I decided not to because uh, uh, I think it's the governor uh, said something about, uh, you know, not was trying to discourage uh, Halloween with this COVID thing going on and to try to find other alternatives to that and people were going crazy on him and I started writing her and said buddy you better watch it uh, you don't hear you can monkey with a lot of other holidays but when it comes to Halloween man you don't you don't it's, it's crazy man it is it is crazy uh, the uh, how people feel about Halloween and uh, you know, uh, anyway, well, I may, you know, I'm gonna talk to Dan, see what his plans are. I, I may address it one way or the other. Like I said, if I don't do it from the pulpit, I'll at least do a little uh, expose, if you will, on a uh, morning devotion or maybe just a random evening teaching or something. You know, I don't know, but I, I like to see what his, what his plans are, because a guy, like he said, he was um, one of our uh, former youth or something, and he's wanting to know if Dad was gonna speak on that. I'm going to tell Dad that, and I forgot. But anyway, um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, so it should obey your God leaders because, uh, if you, because if you cause them grief, you yourself uh, could be caused grief. Because if you're being disobedient and, uh, uh, and nasty uh, towards uh, your, your, the leadership, I mean, you're showing defiance against God. Again, I'm not equating uh, a pastor with that of God by no stretch of imagination, but again, we are the under-shepherds. And uh, so we, um, uh, uh, you need to be aware of that. You know, it is, um, you know, that's why I started talking about just a minute ago, talking about uh, church discipline. And that's not an easy thing to do. If you want to get a specific and uh, looking at church discipline, you can look at Matthew uh, 18, uh, 15 through 20. Uh, it kind of breaks that down exactly when it comes to church discipline. And uh, that is not something that I've had to deal, deal with personally. Uh, now, I have seen Dad have to deal with that, and uh, I'm sure my time's coming. It's not something that he takes enjoyment in. It's not something any pastor would take enjoyment in. But, you know, sometimes it uh, it calls uh, for that responsibility uh, to do that. Uh, in fact, I was reading uh, an illustration where a pastor uh, was encouraging his congregants uh, not to get, uh, he didn't say the name of the uh, individual. Apparently, particularly, apparently, this individual had a very uh, prominent uh, following in ministry and uh, was very high profile but uh, but he had left his wife for another woman and the church had uh, brought him under the church that this individual was going to was uh, brought him under discipline uh, for what he was doing and uh, he said he didn't agree with it and kept going right on with his uh, ministry well this this pastor was trying to tell his congregants hey I, you know this person's coming into town for a book signing or something like that and or speaking engagement and uh, he was encouraged them not to go well they turned around and went anyway or some of them did, not all of them, some went anyway. And th that is just, um, you know, blatant, uh, talking about blatant disobedience in one sense, 
But uh, it too, and when somebody's brought under church discipline, and uh, you're still associating with them, uh, you know, there may call for a time of excommunication to a certain extent, and that may seem harsh. But you know, just like as a as a parent, we have to discipline our children. It's not fun. It's not something we want to do. It's not something we like. Uh, I hate it with a passion. I've always hated it. I've despised it. Uh, but you know, we have to do those things to get them in the right direction. And uh, and and so. Uh, if one parent is, is trying to discipline and the other person, parent is allowing them to do what they want to, then that's counterproductive and the kid knows that they can do whatever they want to. So that's why sometimes, and in those rare times when church discipline is called for, that uh, you know if, if that is happening, then you need to uh, excommunicate that individual for a time uh, and then bring them back in. And, uh, and again, that may be a, a, a topical um, uh, teaching uh, that we can do uh, on a Sunday night or Wednesday night, maybe we get done with Titus, maybe we start looking at different topics like it, whether it's church discipline or uh, whatever it may be, you know, certain topics like that, uh, that might need more clarification, whether it's election, church discipline, whatever, uh, maybe we can dive into that and get into some more detail uh, and uh, maybe get into some cults or things, you know, I don't know, we'll, we'll pray about it and see where the Lord leads, but uh, uh, those are some things that we need to be aware of, you know, but um, uh, Again, okay, so we okay, so we come over here. Uh, I'm gonna skip over here just a little bit to uh, uh, verse uh, 22, and then I'm gonna come back uh, to verse 18. So I'm gonna kind of skip around just a little bit. But one thing we see here too is that um, I appeal you brothers to bear with my word of exhortation, for I've written to you briefly. So we see that word bear uh, can also be translated as endure. Uh, let's look at something here. Let's look at 2 Timothy 4, and um, we're going to look at 4, uh, 2, and 3, if we may. 2 Timothy 2, hold on here, or 4 rather, I'm sorry, 4, 2, and 3. Uh, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. You know, I, that's exactly what I was talking about just a minute ago, uh, and we, particularly with bearing and exhortation. In fact, let's see, hold on here. I want to maybe look at one more before I go forward. Let me make sure this is the verse I'm thinking. I think I wrote one down, but I'm not sure if it's for what I'm talking about right now. Let me double check here and see. Um, let's see here. Okay, yeah, uh, second, uh, Acts um, chapter uh, 13, uh, verse 15. After reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying, Brothers, if thou have any word of encouragement, for the people say it. So Paul stood up motioning with his hand and, and of course and then he speaks from there. But you can look, get a chance to read on that. I won't read all that right now. Uh, the point is, uh, is that um, uh, when we look at that, particularly in 2 Timothy there, that um, uh, people don't want to hear sound doctrine anymore. They don't want to, they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear uh, the things that uh, that's going to bring them under that uh, conviction. And um, and you see here that uh, uh, it would be preached preach, preach, in verse 2, I meant to read a minute ago. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. You know, we sometimes, you know, uh, as a leader, we need to uh, 
uh, have a, a certain amount of patience uh, with those who uh, are struggling. Uh, you know, it takes growth uh, as Christians in a relationship. And, uh, uh, you know, and again, that's something, uh, you know, my dad, he's got uh, over 40-some years of experience in the ministry. And, and I'm not trying to make excuses, uh, you know, but, you know, there was times that I wish I had shown a little more patience uh, to someone who might have been struggling a little bit. And uh, I feel conviction and bad and guilty about that, that I didn't always show the, the compassion that was always needed. You know, it uh, made me think of, um, uh, of Moses. Uh, said that uh, there was a story uh, about Moses that uh, he, to, to demonstrate his gentleness and the reason why God had chose him uh, to lead the children of Israel uh, was that he was uh, tending sheep. Uh, and we'll see that here. Uh, when, and in fact, it's in verse, um, well, not what I'm talking about specifically, but talking about, um, uh, let's see here, uh, which over you, Joy, um, well, where'd it go? Um, Oh, anyway, it talks about being the, uh, the uh, a shepherd. Um, I thought it was verse 17. I don't know. But anyway, I'll go back and look at it here in a minute. Uh, but the point is, uh, is uh, in, in being a, a shepherd, uh, he was tending the sheep. And that uh, one of the uh, uh, lambs had wander, wandered off. And uh, he slowly uh, followed that lamb and uh, finally caught up to it. And it had uh, went over into a, a mountain uh, brook and uh, Moses said uh, said oh you were just thirsty and put the the lamb around his shoulders and and uh, carried it back to the rest of the flock and because and he didn't get mad he didn't get upset he didn't uh, holler at the lamb uh, that he showed that gentleness uh, that was needed and that's why God had uh, uh, recognized that and uh, wanted him to be the leader of the um, uh, Israelites and so you know again that's just a, a story. Uh, that uh, uh, you know, a legend, if you will, uh, uh, surrounding uh, Moses in regards to his leadership and uh, being a shepherd. But uh, when we see this here, though, particularly as pastors, we have to be in season, out of season. We have to reprove. We have to rebuke. We have to exhort. Uh, we have to have that patience. And because we are in that time that we're seeing here, verse 3, uh, that when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, all right, and so that's what we're seeing right now. They don't want to endure uh, that that um, uh, the the true word of God. They don't want to hear uh, what God's word has to say. No, they want to hear. Again, uh, there's several churches uh, right near me right now that uh, uh, I get so frustrated with because uh, they just preach to 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 scratch the itching ears. They just they don't want to. Uh, uh, they want to make everybody feel good. They just want to uh, uh, elevate everybody. Uh, they don't want to touch on nothing controversial, abortion, homosexuality, uh, same-sex relationships, you know, uh, you know, anything, you know, political, uh, anything like that. They, don't want they won't touch on nothing like that. In fact, their theology is really skewed in several of these places. And uh, when I see some of this stuff on Facebook, I'm just like, man, I can just feel my blood pressure. Brandon's like, what is it? And I'm just like, look. <laughs> so I get, I get really upset, you know. Brandon's like, you just get off that and fight, go read or do something, you know. Because I'm just like, what is wrong with these people? Uh, so, you know, it's, it's very aggravating. And again, I'm not saying that 
And our church is the only church that are true Bible-believing church. I'm not saying there's a lot of good uh, Bible-believing churches out there who preach it like it is, uh, that don't hold back, that preach with conviction, that don't care to, to dive into the very things that uh, we have found a life to. So uh, you know, uh, I just want to make that very clear. I'm not saying that we are we are the only church uh, that you go to. Uh, that, that's one, you know, of course, if you, if you want to be saved, you no, know, I'm just teasing. But, uh, you know, anyway, it is... Um, um, Imperative, you know, you know, just just like topics like we talked about tonight. Several things I've hit on, you know, there are things that uh, are not easy, you know, uh, for, as a pastor. It, it is easy to do topical. It's easy to do things that's going to make people feel good and get them jazzed up. That, uh, you know, those kind of sermons, the Lord leads my heart. I, yeah, I enjoy those. I'm not going to lie, but you know, sometimes you know, like even in the mornings, you know, I have to you know dive into some political commentary and there's a lot of times I'm like ah, man I really don't want to do that today and the Lord's like uh, you know you need to hit on that you know he's laid it on my heart and you know and I know it, it takes people off you know uh, it just uh, I, but you know if that's what the Lord lays in my heart that's what I got to do I'm not purposely trying to upset anybody I'm not purposely trying to tick anybody off but I have to do uh, what the Lord lays on my heart so we you know we see that in verse 22 bear the uh, word in exhortation so we see that but um, uh, but we, again, we must, uh, as, as leaders, we must do that with patience and with gentleness, okay? So make sure that we, that is understood. And um, so now, when we come back over here, um, let's see here. Um, verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for what would be of no advantage to you, all right? Now, um, see in verse 18, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desire to act honorably in all these things. All right. Now, uh, looking at this, uh, you know, you have a duty, for those of you watching in the congregation, for those watching online, you have a responsibility, too, to pray for us as church leaders. All right. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. You know, they, they said that there was a, a study done that said that even a third ever prays for their pastors or their churches. Man, that's that's not good. You know, uh, I you know I you know that's not from a prominent um, like Barna or something like that. Uh, but they said a, a pastor had done a survey. So they didn't say the extent as to, to who or or what. But uh, you know, I hope you know that we need your prayers uh, as pastors. Dad and I, we need your prayers. You're, uh, you may be watching, and you maybe you attend another church. Uh, you know, make sure you're praying for your pastor. You know, pray that you are uh, the Lord will will uh, help you to uh, learn something from the from that from the sermon uh, that Sunday morning. You know. Uh, you know, some people might say, well, I didn't get nothing out of it. Well, would you, was you praying? Uh, was you trying to really listen? Was you trying to really, you know, pray that, uh, uh, you know, if I'm speaking or Dad's speaking, that uh, the Lord will, will use something uh, that will, uh, uh, you can glean from that to, to touch your heart, uh, that will reveal something to you that maybe you wasn't getting before or something, you know, that, that I will, that me or whoever will, will plant that seed of, of understanding or whatever it is, you know, maybe Make sure that you're, you're praying for those things. Uh, let's look over here. I'm going to look at a quick few verses here in regards to our duty to pray for godly church leaders. Uh, let's look at Ephesians 6.19. So Ephesians 6. I'm sorry. Hold on here. 6.19. 
And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. So you, even Paul's asking for prayer. You know, uh, make sure that we're praying for those things. Uh, let's look at Colossians 4, 3 through 4. Colossians 4, 3 through 4. Hold on here. Colossians. Hold on here. Well, <laughs> pages are sticking together. Hold on here. Uh, there we go. That's <laughs> our time trying to get get to a few pages to turn in my life. Colossians 4, 3 through 4. Here we go. 4, 3 through 4. Uh, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open us to a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Okay, that I may make it clear which how I ought to speak. And uh, there's several more, but I'm going to stop here. First uh, Thessalonians 5:25. First Thessalonians 5, verse 25. Brothers, pray for us. All right. So uh, if you want to for a homework assignment, uh, if you want to go, uh, you can look at First Thessalonians 5:25, Second uh, Thessalonians 3:1. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 7.16, okay, and uh, so, uh, I'm trying to see, I'm sorry, I was looking at another verse here, but um, it's pertaining to something else, um, so yeah, pray for us, uh, you know, we, we covet those prayers, we need those prayers, uh, pray for the church, uh, you know, there's a lot of churches that are uh, closing their doors, a lot of churches uh, that are folding uh, through across the nation, uh, pastors who are giving up in the ministry. I was talking to a, a friend of mine who uh, I graduated uh, at Grace uh, with uh, uh, in the doctoral program, and he's talking about a, a friend of his that had been preaching maybe five, six years, and uh, uh, he was just done. I couldn't do it no more. He was giving up in the ministry. Uh, you know, so that's why we need those prayers. Uh, you know, the devil attacks. You know, you know, as pastors, we're out there on the front lines. We're out there trying to. Uh, uh, you know, we're. We're trying to do God's work. We're trying to do God's will. And Satan don't like that. And he wants to attack us. He wants to attack our families. He wants to use other people to to get to us. And, uh, you know, so we need to make sure that, um, you know, that you're praying uh, for strength, for encouragement, uh, for protection. You know, we need that. You know, I told Dad, I said, it never fails. Every Saturday evening. Or early Sunday morning, I, I like I have a severe headache or feeling sick, and then Monday I'm fine. You know, Dad said, "Hey, welcome to the club." You know, he says the same thing all the time. So you know, be be a prayer for us. We need those prayers. We covet those prayers all the time, uh, and uh, that you know that we are delivered from the difficulties, the circumstances that are uh, beyond our control. Make sure that you're praying for those things. We need those prayers. Even the Apostle Paul uh, needed prayers. So don't don't neglect that. So uh, okay. Uh, so now uh, we look at this here at verse uh, twenty through twenty-five. I'm going. We're just going to try to finish up real quick. We'll try to hit the highlights of this. Hold on here. Alrighty. Bring this up so y'all can read along right quickly here. Even though I did skip around just a hair. Um, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead of our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us, 
that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I appeal to you, brothers, bear with my word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. You should know that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom I shall see if he comes soon. Greet all you leaders and all the saints, those who come from Italy. Send your greetings. Grace be with all of you. All right. So uh, in closing here, uh, you know, we look at this here. So it be uh, the God of peace. Uh, when we see that there, you know, is, that is the only way we're going to find uh, true long-lasting peace uh, is through God alone. All right. Uh, until you surrender, until you give it all over to God, over to Jesus Christ, and that's Lord willing. That's what I plan on uh, speaking about uh, this Sunday morning, uh, this upcoming Sunday morning, uh, is to is to surrender all uh, and to to have that complete total dependence upon God. When you can do that, only within will you have His peace that surpasses all understanding. As long as you're trying to do things your way, you always have misery. You know, as long as this world, uh, you know, that's why we're seeing this racial division. We're seeing this political divide in this country because they have removed God. And when you remove God out of homes, uh, out of classrooms, out of, out of society, which is what they want to do desperately, uh, then you're going to have chaos. You're going to have evil. You're going to have things spiraling out of control. In fact, that's what I, was, my, I think I was hitting on this morning a little bit. Without God, why not murder? Why not kill? Why not uh, have extramarital affairs? Why not you know, do whatever you want to? Because then it boils down to, hey, you know, you like chocolate and I like vanilla. And, you know, uh, that's, you know, uh, just your, your, your choice, you know. Uh, and, uh, and truth becomes relative. See, that's one, another reason uh, we need good church leaders because of, of postmodernism. This um, the, the, we see that this truth is relative. What's true for you is not true for me. What you believe, I may not have to believe. Kind of attitudes, uh, and that's why we need good godly church leaders. But if you want to have true, long-lasting peace, it is only through God alone. And that's why in verse 20, that's the verse I was looking for. I don't know why I thought it was 17. It talks about our dear Lord Jesus, the great shepherd, all right, by, uh, of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant. Jesus is the great shepherd. If you notice, the writer in Hebrews uh, has uh, made little to no reference uh, to Jesus, the great shepherd. But he makes it a point to put that here. Because uh, the shepherd, he watches over the sheep. He looks for those who go astray. He come, you know, he, he is proactive. Uh, he, he helps and tends uh, to those who are hurting or in pain. Uh, Jesus is there. And again, it goes back to being that, that God of peace uh, that we're seeing here. And that um, not only is he uh, the God of peace, he is the God of life. And he is the God that both shows uh, uh, his will. And, and not only does he uh, press upon us his will, but he equips us to do his will. You know, that's, that's a wonderful thing uh, as well that we see here uh, in verse uh, 20 and 21. Okay. And so uh, uh, praise God for that. But um, and we see that Jesus, he established that new covenant. You know, he made it possible for us to have that relationship between us and Jesus Christ. And uh, again, you know, that's you know, it's one reason why we're seeing here, uh, particularly in the time frame of obey of obeying our le the leaders, is again the Jews were wanting to go back to the old way of doing things. And he's trying to say, hey, no, you know, you need to abide by the new covenant. You don't need to try to to twist what the the old Jewish law and way of thinking and try to integrate that with this new way of this new covenant. No, you need to get rid of that completely. Show utter dependence upon God and 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 understand this new way, this new covenant. 
and which Jesus Christ uh, has given and shown uh, the way and how he died to uh, so that uh, we could live and that uh, we no longer can so that we can however have a relationship between us and God there's no there's no barriers anymore Jesus uh, created that bridge between us and God and uh, in his final greeting, we said, I appeal to you, brothers, bear with my word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. All right. So in other words, you know, uh, as much as we have studied through uh, Hebrews here, uh, in, in other words, he's saying, for I have written to you briefly, uh, that uh, maybe there was more than he wanted to write, you know, that uh, there was more going on here. Uh, you should have known that our brother Timothy has been released. In other words, uh, maybe Timothy had been uh, in prison uh, and uh, he's just now being released. Uh, it doesn't say specifically, but kind of gives that impression. With whom I shall see you if he comes soon. Greet all your leaders and all the saints, those who come from Italy, and send your greetings. Grace be with all of you. God's grace is sufficient. He is forgiving. He is loving. Uh, pray for your church leaders. You know, uh, in fact, um, there was a... Um, Regards to prayer, I just now thought of it, and just real quick, I know we're running out of time here, uh, about Charles Spurgeon here, and I thought it would make a, uh, um, oh, hold on here, for those on social media, I need, to make, I need to pull it up there, okay, here we go, alright, there we go, I'm going to bring it up here on the website, it says, um, uh, on one of his visits to the continent, Charles Spurgeon met an American minister who said, I have longed wished to see you, Mr. Spurgeon, and to put one or two simple questions to you. In our country, there are many opinions as to the secret of your great influence. Would you be good enough to give me your own point of view? After a moment's pause, Spurgeon replied, my people pray for me. Uh, so that was his, uh, uh, as great a man as Spurgeon was, that was uh, what he said, is that people pray for me. And uh, in fact, uh, there was an Angelican, Angelican pastor, John Stott, uh, said, seldom if ever in its long history uh, uh, has the world witnessed such self-conscious revolt against authority. So that's why our country needs prayers. That's why our pastors need prayer. That's why we need these things. There is a, uh, uh, a British statesman, I might as well blank on his name, but he was talking about the importance of prayer. People were congratulating him. What a great job. And he said the only thing that he needed was prayer. That's what we as pastors need. That's what our churches need. Uh, we need to pray for one another, exhort one another. And uh, if you're looking for peace, my friends, the only way to find it is through God alone. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your joy, your peace overflowing. Lord, uh, be with our churches. Lord, let them bust it to seams with new people. Uh, Lord, uh, help those uh, that uh, in the church to grow, uh, to learn, uh, to be eager, to be zealous. And Lord, uh, just pray that uh, you will be with us. Uh, whether it's Fountain Life Bible Church or any other church, Lord, that, uh, that you will fill it with your spirit, that pastors will be unafraid to speak the whole word of God, to stand for what is right and for what is true and what is honorable. And Lord, if there's anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead us, God, and protect us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, friends, thanks for watching. I hope everybody has a great, fun, safe, and enjoyable day today. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see each other again this Sunday morning from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And uh, we'll see you then. Have a good week.